1: Hello, and thanks very much for tuning into this week's episode of Huddles and Stout. We apologise, uh, we weren't with you last week. It wasn't a direct result of the Cowboys' shellacking of the Eagles' uh, personal matters, I suppose, got in the way. Um, and I suppose as evidence, we were recording this on Tuesday after a more embarrassing loss to the Seahawks, I think. So. Uh, I think we're, so. We're certainly not hiding. Uh, we are kind of going to face up to music. Um, but other than that, Rocky, how are you? It's Christmas week, technically.
2: Doing pretty good now, Sasquatch. Uh, work is winding down. The Christmas festive spirit is ramping up. And uh, I thought, actually, wanted to have a conversation with you before we started recording. And I was going to suggest maybe we pretend we did record this on Monday and we wouldn't have to to face up to the music obviously having lost that uh, embarrassing game to the Seahawks but sure look the cat's out of the bag but you have my you have
1: my number uh, you could have texted me several points today to say here buddy um, but look no I think let's let's uh, let's face our demons like men
2: um, sure
1: and let's get down on into it so <laughs> kicking off as per usual around the ground and we'll kick you off with a nice little stat which kind of foreshadows the rest of the show but three and one the bills record since firing ken dorsey and um, maybe there's something in it maybe there's not but i thought it was worth bringing up and i'll run through the scores very quickly so thursday night football raiders shellacked the chargers three points 21 bengals overcame the vikings 27 24 on saturday Uh, in overtime followed by the Colts beating the Steelers 30 points to 13 and the final game on Saturday the Lions fairly shellacked the Broncos 42 points to 17 the worst game of the round was definitely the Panthers uh, defeating the Falcons Mm. 9-7 Bears fell victim to the Browns 20 points to 17 the Bucks overcame the Packers 34-20 Dolphins put on a clinic against the Jets 30 points to a duck egg Chiefs overcame the Patriots, 27 points to 17. The Magic Danny DeVito run came to a, a crushing halt to the, at the Saints, 24 points to 6. Texans overcame the Titans in overtime 1916. The 49ers cruised past the Cardinals, 45 points to 29. Rams overcame the Commanders, 28-20. The Bills... Um, Fairly comprehensively overcame the Cowboys, 31 points to 10, led largely by James Cook. On Sunday night football, the Ravens cemented their kind of standing as the number one side in the AFC with 23 points to 7 victory over the Jags. And finally, last night, the Eagles lost their third game on the bounce, 20 points to 17 in Seattle. So that uh, should take you through. Your results from week 15 heading into week 16 now, which we're nearly at the uh, the business end of the season.
2: Yeah, getting there.
1: Yeah, tough week to be here. Um, I don't want to dilly-dally because I think the the ides of sadness in my soul following last night's result will, uh, will tend to focus on one game. So, given we've done these points prior to Monday Night Football, let's just park the Eagles loss and let's crack on into it uh, with fourth and goal apologies as always to fans it's my week to to lead off so I have kind of drabbled and dribbled on now for quite a a few minutes. That's what we come here for, that's
2: why we're here It's a lie, it's a lie. Get some of We're here because it's
1: free we put this behind the Patreon wall ain't no one coming it's free. But without much further ado did Sunday's 31-10 Buffalo romp Tell us more about the Bills As a surging contender Or the Cowboys Who clinched the playoff spot Despite their loss They actually clinched the prior um, As a team that still has something to prove um, So what say you?
2: I think I think it says probably A little bit more about Buffalo um, I think One of the criticisms for Buffalo for uh, quite a while has been their lack of a ground game and their the lack of being able to finish games where they put up a lead. And as you saw, James Cook really took over that game, and almost single-handedly, it it wasn't Josh Allen who got them there. You know, he passed where he needed to, but I think he had certainly less than 150 yards receiving, and it might have been under under 100 yards. Um and it all came down on the ground, um with James Cook and obviously the O line handling their business. Um, uh, just a brief comment I'd make on the Cowboys is that I'm, I don't find it a particularly concerning loss. Um, it's just that except for the fact that um, you know they I think they're seven and zero at home, and three and four now on the road. So their their road record it could be three and five now I can't do the math on the go, but um their road record which you know they're in danger of not winning the the division in which case they'll be on the road throughout the playoffs and that's not a big source of confidence I don't think.
1: I'm gonna bring up something very uncomfortable for us. Oh right. Really? Uh, and I'm gonna say my stance on this has probably changed overnight. Uh, given the Cowboys big win this year of which they have won and is the Eagles in Jerry World yeah has last night's performance potentially taken the shine off that because if if we were neutral fans here we'd be saying that the Eagles would seem in free fall at the minute
2: well I'm a diehard fan and I'd say they're in free fall um Mm. but I know what you're saying um that it's it doesn't seem as quite a statement win, you know. Considering, yes, it did. yeah, um,
1: it's kind of similar to our victory over the Chiefs.
2: Very much so, I think. Yeah, we kind of beat them during a skid of their own. Um. Yeah. yeah, it's a tough one. It's it's very difficult to say at any week. You know, is this a a team playing? up to their usual standards and they just lost or you know is it you know the start of history of a poor streak i still i still think dallas are a very solid team but that road record does really you know their their stats at home is are fantastic but the road record is very concerning you know even if they're you know they're not um being demolished on the road but they're not getting the statement wins they're not putting up all the points their defence is poorer on the road and as I said like they, they might be doing their entire stint in the playoffs on
1: the road mm-hmm. yeah. and then look it's very hard to to not see the NFC Championship game being played in Santa Clara um, which given the history between two sides as well um, yeah. yeah 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 Worrisome for the Cowboys,
2: but um, just to go back and touch on the winner of the game, yeah, no, the Bills. I think it was it was a big vote of confidence in them because you saw one of their past deficiencies become a strength. Um, mm. and I think Josh Allen has been improved over the last probably four weeks since we've seen Ken Dorsey, um, be replaced, and I know, the game against the Cowboys, he didn't have to do a huge amount. I think the conditions were poor, um, but look, it's it says speaks to the coach, and when something's working and James Cook is working, you ride that.
1: Mm. Fair.
2: Um, we'll swap over now, and we'll talk about the Atlanta Falcons, because obviously we saw them give the Carolina Panthers their second win of the year. In a pretty uh, embarrassing fa- fashion now, so how different should the Falcons look next year? A new quarterback is probably on the cards. Ritter had a bit of a disastrous outing. Um, a new coach, I think, would be nice, but I'm not convinced that's going to happen. So, if you were general manager of the Falcons now, and you know you had, you know, wishes. Three wishes to to improve your team. What
1: are you doing? Where are you starting? I am um, getting a new head coach, potentially a new OC. I think there's just too much young talent been wasted in rookie contract time. Um, I don't buy the fact that like Kyle Pitts won't work in the NFL. I know he hasn't pretty much today, but he's he's too talented to be getting the production out of him that they're getting out of him right now. I think he, he's shown glimpses, but I think it's it's very much scheme and stuff that has limited his offensive prowess. Now, potentially, look, if, if they hold on to him, his next contract would probably be smaller than it should have been, but you've still wasted the rookie contract. I think B. John Robinson has shown glimpses and patches. Of just how electric he can be. Mm. And then there's there's far more skill skilled position play, positions that are just... We're not getting the best out of. I don't know if I want to throw a rookie quarterback in there on top of that. I think a wiser move... Don't ask me who this player is. But a veteran quarterback might be a wiser move. A g- real game manager. Um, I don't think you have to go high in the draft. I think you can... You could get a virtue if you could get someone like Kirk Cousins in right now with a project piece, like a what the Packers have done with Jordan Love, no jury still out there, but that's what I'd be looking to do to really fix this offense. Yeah. Um defense we actually don't think they're horrific.
2: No, no, I'm like they're a top five defense. Mm. Um yeah. It's 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 a tough one because they've invested so much resources into the skilled position players and I think even the week just gone by we saw Kyle Pitts make at least one nice play. As you say, Bijan flashes every now and again. Drake London is 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 a very solid piece. Um I think most of the time a half decent quarterback can make things happen, but Ritter has been so poor. Uh, for me, he's, he's for me he's top of the the things that need to be changed. I think even um, going into next week, he's benched and they're going to be starting Taylor
1: Heineke. Um, yeah. But it's but you wonder what they've seen in Ritter because, as memory serves, Mariota was giving you much more last year because he could somewhat manage. I know he's had the best game manager, but then you also had the. Add a benefit of his run game, one game. Yeah. Some kind of.
2: Yeah. Um, short distance. Well, I know the big um, sort of knock on Mariota was his accuracy, but like Ritter's had Ritter has no improvement over Mariota's accuracy. I think I think he sort of had some of the intangible leadership, that type of carry on, but um, obviously, it's not really amounted to much this year.
1: Um, but that would be my moves anyway I'd be I'd be (laughs) I probably would look to get a new head coach in but at a minimum it's a new offensive coordinator yeah and more experienced I think drafting a rookie quarterback it's a real swing for the fences and I think when you have guaranteed skill positions I'm a bit risk adverse at that stage
2: yeah fair enough
1: not the answer you're looking for but it's the answer you go. It'll do. Uh, Tampa Bay and New Orleans are in a two-team tie atop the NFC South. Who's taking the division? And will that team be any semblance of a threat as a number four seed?
2: Yeah, we we sort of mentioned this now in our ritual pre-podcast chat. Um, But I think the number four seed is obviously going to play the number five seed. I think that makes the number five seed one of the more desired playoff spots in the NFC. Um, because with with some of the teams that are on the, the edge of the playoffs in the NFC, you know, the Rams um, and the Seahawks, like they're potentially dangerous teams. Whereas playing uh, Tampa or or um, the Saints or the Falcons, if they can claw that back, though, it doesn't seem likely now. That's that's a it's a surefire, not gimme game. I don't think there's ever a gimme game in the playoffs, but I think you take that over. You know, a team like um, I know we'll talk about them in a few minutes, like the Rams with some good players on those teams. Um, the same with the Seahawks. Uh, I know they haven't looked great over the last couple of months, but you know we've seen, or a couple of weeks, I should say. Um, but they did just beat the Eagles. Um, so no, I don't think there's much, much hope for either of those teams to really progress in the playoffs. Um, Tampa Baker had a lovely week, a brilliant week, but overall, it's it's tampa's been pretty um banked up on defense a bit inefficient on offense and you, new orleans
1: has been a bit of a disaster yeah i think it 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 probably depends on who gets that 5th seed um it would mean an old, an absolute an eagles collapse um but if if maybe minnesota fell to the 5th seed that that's someone i see i could see tampa Upsetting. Um, but, yeah, maybe like just a Baker, a day for the ages for Baker. Um, but outside of that, yeah, you, you got to struggle to to see. It's one of those years, again, when we have that argument. Should we just go with the best seven teams as opposed to the divisions? It happens every once in a while. It does, it, it does.
2: But I think the, the fifth seed is probably going to have an advantage over... Like, if you're the fifth seed, you're playing the Buccaneers right now. Whereas if you're the second seed, you're playing the Rams. And I know I'd rather play Tampa Bay or New Orleans over there. Matt Stafford and the Rams.
1: That side that's won a Super Bowl in the last three years. Exactly, yeah. yeah fair enough. Um, I think we'll stop that there and move on to next one claw back a bit of time from the first two points
2: sure sure um so i'm going to give some props to the impressive win but it's another unremarkable year for the las vegas raiders um kind of similar to my last point but rather than making changes what about this team do you like and maybe you wouldn't change going into next year because there's probably less talent overall on the raiders than there is
1: on the falcons I think they've already made the key change. I think so. Um, and and we, we talked about that plenty in like the preseason previews and stuff and even in weeks gone by, um, they've definitely made the right decision. Um, it would be interesting to see when Jimmy G is is back fit, if he can salvage a career, but it looks like a much happier roster then it has been uh, yeah I think the key things for, for them is kind of maintaining this next year obviously because he's had enough of a sample size you don't want to experience second season syndrome early which is obviously always going to be a concern and then the key thing for Vegas uh, unfortunately it's an off field thing is they, they just seem so prone to these kind of off field issues um and it's it's not just Vegas specific. Uh it would have happened a fair bit in Oakland as well. You, the key move is actually probably moving off from Mr Davis Junior. because uh, I I'm not always a hundred percent convinced he's a good owner. I think sometimes it can be some of the detrimental things you'd say about Jerry Jones and that he likes the limelight. Whereas the better owners in the league are kind of don't want to say in the shadows but they do their job they don't need external validation and don't want to be famous as, as such
2: yeah no that's so. that's a good point because I think and I think we have talked about this before but the last two hires that Mark Davis has made you know not counting his interim coaches um, but they've been the big name and not always the one that's made sense, you know, with uh, John Gruden, and then obviously um, Josh McDaniels, most recently. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good point in that more thought needs to go into this. I'm not convinced that he'll stick with Antonio Pierce. Um, I still think he'll he'll go through the whole uh, coaching cycle process. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll stick. Um, but you're right. That's something they need to get right in the off season. And maybe Antonio Pierce is the right choice. But I think he is. I think he's done enough. He certainly has in a the short window. Yeah, he's they're certainly playing with more moxie. Um, yeah, with a backup
1: quarterback as well. They're
2: just there are more. Yeah, exactly. Aidan O'Connell. He's looked pretty decent at times. I know the the most recent win was a really really good defensive showing. Um, but even that, you know, the the Raiders have been pretty miserable, certainly during Josh McDaniel's tenure, so they're they're just a far more cohesive team underneath Antonio Pierce. Uh, I think one thing as well they'll need to get right and they've been taking stabs at it for a couple of years, is just building that old O line. Um I think their most recent first round pick on an O lineman was um Alex Leatherwood, and that was a disaster. He's kind of bounced around the league. Hasn't stuck anywhere. Um, I think they gave the franchise tag to Josh Jacobs. I don't see him being mm. on the team again next year.
1: Um, yeah, I think it's... it's with, with the exception of Saquon Barkley, it's a wider league point. The whole running back argument... Has not worked out in the running backs' favor. Mm. You look at Austin Eckler's season. Josh Jacobs was the other one that was kind of heavily involved in that, and Saquon's kind of the only one that's gonna kind of delivered on the money that was.
2: Out. Yes, yeah, I know the the buzzer went, but um, I think we'll also see Devontae Adams force his way out in the off season. Um, so, you know, you might say, I'm not sure. I, I think. Like he's gonna go ring chasing, he might be impressed by what he's seen over the last couple of weeks, but I don't think he thinks that they're in any danger of winning a championship. Um, so, and I know we said Antonio Pierce might be the right move. That doesn't necessarily mean things are going to be much improved next year. Mm-hmm. He might just get them going in the right direction. He mightn't even be the man to get them there himself maybe just uh, get the trajectory in the right direction
1: fair well look um team that actually kind of does seem to be going in the right direction is of late the Rams they are 7-7 seven and seven. I know we've talked with them already but uh, let's give the, them their full dues uh, they're 7-7 seven and, seven and they still have guys like obviously Stafford Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald similar to my last question how much of a threat can this team be if it makes the playoffs which i think it will
2: um i think they probably will i think they're in the playoff hunt at the moment and they have sort of a middle of the road pack into ter- off uh, remaining schedule yeah look i think they can be pretty potent and you know if they do get in it could be as the seventh seed so it might be one of the most impressive 7th seeds we've seen um, mm. you know they got in a hole early in the season with Stafford injured and Cooper Cup was injured and they they were trying to make do with just Pukenikua and Tutu Atwell and we've seen some of those pieces come back in Cup and he had a nice week um, defensively again not as strong, it kind of it does seem to be anchored around Aaron Donald but it's a pretty good piece to
1: and Creighton, yeah. yeah.
2: Um. Again, it's it's a it's a young team. It's hard to know how far they could go. Um. Like at the moment, they are in as the seventh seed, and they're playing the Cowboys at the moment. They could win that matchup, but I do think they could. They'll be in. Yeah. They'll be in Dallas playing that game. So obviously. That's a big, you know, Dallas are good at home. You know, for the detracting that we did earlier on, they're, they're very good at home. And it would be... It's th- just not great in
1: the playoffs, regardless of where they're playing. Well, that's true. Um, and I just, I would edge the Rams in that matchup. I'm look, maybe this is bias, so feel free to shut me down. But I think I would edge uh, the coaching battle in favor of the Rams as well.
2: I would too. Um I, I I think Mike McCarthy has probably proved some doubters wrong over the last couple of years, but I still don't think he's top tier. Um I think no. if the Rams want to go a bit further, they'll probably want to get up to that sixth seed with a uh, swap with the Vikings. You know, the Vikings are a different story now with the kind of the the quarterback turbulence they're in. In which case the Rams would be placing the Lions. And, you know, you've got Aaron Donald and a decent D-line there. And they could put the pressure on Goff. And, obviously, that's where he's had most of his difficulties when he's uh, pressured. Did they play each other earlier on? I can remember.
1: I feel like they did. Uh, much of the storyline, obviously, being the trade involving both quarterbacks. I also think you will put the lines under a lot of pressure, given it will be their first playoff fixture in, in quite some time um, but maybe it will be at home I'd like to think um, I don't think blowing the division
2: um, but no they, they actually haven't played each other yet this season um, that I can see Okay. but like maybe the Lions have turned things around and we will get on to them as well but um, I think that might be a decent matchup for the Rams there
1: Yes, absolutely, and I think Buzz is just about to go and to just follow on from your point give me your opening sentence for your next point Happens in. Um The
2: Lions are back <laughs> Yes <laughs> I didn't actually cop that, but here we go The Lions are back um, When not pressured <laughs> Yeah, this is <laughs> When <We're> not pressured <laughs> This wasn't rehearsed, everybody um, <laughs> when not pressured Goff looks like a top quarterback but do we think he can deliver in what will be Detroit's first playoff berth since 2016 um, to be honest we'll probably save a bit of time here because we've already covered it um, <laughs> um, but I do Professional. Th- I do think I think whenever you examine a team like for example we were looking at the, Lion- uh, the, the Rams there you know, you're, you're considering what teams they can upset. And you're almost talking about them as the protagonist. If we're switching over to the Lions, if things go right for the Lions, they could beat any team. Well, mm. San Fran is probably a team I couldn't see them beating. And I know they started off the season um, beating uh, Kansas City.
0: They'd
2: have to, you know, not quite finish their season, but nearly finish their season with a win over San Fran to get to the uh, Super Bowl. But like I said, when Jared Goff gets pressured, their pass game gets thrown off. And what a D-line of San Francisco to, to, to... Anyway, we're not talking about San Francisco. Ultimately, they'll have to beat them. But... I think the Lions could go toe-to-toe with any of the seeds 2-7, to, to less whatever they are, and, and win.
1: Yeah. It, it, it's an interesting one, though. I know we've kind of talked up the Lions potentially being a good fit for uh, the Rams. But putting my Lions hammer on, I'm not sure of the 6 or 7 seed which one is, is potentially the more dangerous. Like, on paper it's the the Rams, given the pieces they have back now currently fit, um, and the fact that the man who drafted Goff and brought him into the league is going to be coaching against him. But there's also a bit of danger in playing the Vikings. I know they're a bit of QB turmoil, but it's a side that knows how to scheme for you twice annually. Yeah. So I think... Yeah, look, it's gonna be interesting to see how they go out in a stretch and how their their maiden playoff berth since twenty sixteen goes. Um but yeah, I think I think we've kinda of covered it between this point and the last point. I think time to yeah. push on. Yeah. Let's go to something a bit more positive. I suppose The Texans, everybody's, maybe not everybody, but the feel-good story of this season, uh, without Stroud on the weekend, rallied for a last-second overtime win in Tennessee. The Browns, meanwhile, overcame (laughs) Flacco's ups and downs Uh, and 2.5 Montez Sweat sacks to hold off Chicago, who I actually thought were impressive in, in parts, and I think Justin Fields has gone a long way to kinda of cement in his job next year. But it's not about Chicago, Keith. So back off. <laughs> Which win was more impressive? The biggest Chicago lobbyist there
2: is. Yeah. Um I think Yeah, the Texans was good. Obviously Case Keenum sorta of came in big there. Just did what he had to do. Um i like I don't think the the Tennessee defense is a world beater but it was still you know a, an impressive performance. Um I think Stefanski has really flown o- under the radar over the last 2 years. I know he won coach of the year in his his first year but you know he's been able to get things done this season. Um um even with a quarterback with however much they're paying him and However many sexual assault allegations there are against them, like they still have, and that's probably
1: probably what's detracted from Stefanski.
2: I think so because they're still nine and five with all of this going on. Um, you know mm-hmm. he's injured now. They've they've started uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson. They've started P.J. Walker. Um. You know. I know the story of their season has been their defense and Miles Garrett and how, you know, how they've carried the team, but they still have done what they've needed to do on offense. Um, in it, in a difficult division. It is a difficult division, and at the start of the year, it looked like the toughest one. And at a time, it looked as if they were going to fall off. Um, mm-hmm. I think when Deshaun Watson. Was finished for the season. I think everybody assumed they were going to be fall. Yeah, sure, they have a good defense, but it won't carry them that that much, and they'll fall out of the playoff um, race. But I'm mean, like, it looks as if now they are they they've not clinched a spot yet, but they'd have to have some sort of a, a late season collapse now to fall out of it. I think they'd need to lose two on the bounce just to fall out. So. I, I don't know, I think Stefanski's done I I I would just to me, just Stefanski is it's he's sort of rearing his head in terms of how much he contributes to that team. Um so that's why I would be choosing just Cleveland. Um like they're playing the Texans, the Bengals and the Jets. You know, the Texans without Stroud is doable. The Jets, very doable. Uh I think they could I think they're they will get into the playoffs.
1: Not a particularly bold. I, I take. disagree. I, I think the Texans' result is more impressive, given where that franchise was last year, and uh, it's also a rookie season for. Let me go, but uh, they're they're very close in terms of how impressive they were for me.
2: Yeah, look, I'm I'm not gonna disagree with you. It was, as you say. Texans were perennial losers and if their starting quarterback went down you just assume that's a loss chalk that up as a loss but as you say D'Amico he's really turned that that's um that franchise around and in the same vein I was praising Stefanski like I to me D'Amico Ryans is is coach of the year and in, in a more impressive way that Dayball was coach of the year last year um D'Amico feel, I don't know, I, I need to think about the reasons uh, as to why, but I think the improvement D'Amico has introduced into the Texans feels more sustainable than what Dayball did last year with the Giants.
1: Feels like a culture shift in Houston. Yes. So, yeah. But speaking of Dayball. Speaking of Dayball.
2: We've just zigged and zagged and constantly bounced off each other like a pinball game. But here we go. Last point. The Giants have had three nice wins with uh, Tommy DeVito. I always need to check myself when I'm saying his surname because I'm, I'm always going to say Danny. Um, but will those three games ultimately cost them a chance at the top quarterback in the draft? And was those three wins? Sure. It's nice to have your team winning and nobody wants to tank, and sport. You know, you you don't watch sports to watch your team lose, but is that going to cost them long term? Those three weeks of uh, Italian pays on means.
1: I don't think it's over.
2: You think he's uh, he's got another win in him?
1: He's gonna win.
2: Well, he's well, two two of us next weeks are against the uh, the Eagles, so I hope you're wrong.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying it's one of those. Okay. Right. Um. Uh, no, nah, look, Danny has uh, Tommy rather has been good for the <laughs> league. I think. Um, I think so. His agent, on oh my goodness, clothing alone has made the Italian American Sports Hall of Fame. It's uh, brilliant stuff. I think, I think, I think Tommy DeVito has shown he is good enough to be a top tier backup in the NFL. I think
2: what Tommy has done and Brock Purdy before him is teams are now going to be maybe not placing such a high um, premium on their their backup project quarterbacks. I know they've always been drafted, or quarterbacks are always drafted in the later rounds, but when you're seeing the likes of Tommy and particularly Brock Purdy, I know people will chase that sort of um, that value in, in the draft for years and years but um, it has been impressive. Obviously, they're nowhere in the same league because you're frowning at me there. I hope you're not uh...
1: No, no, no. I'm, I'm just... The, this three-game stretch, I, I know what you're saying. It, it's kind of shown. It may have cost the Giants an attempt at Caleb Williams or uh, May, but I'm not overly convinced in either of those two, but what it has really highlighted is how stupid were to throw that contract at Daniel Jones that's what it for me it's I'd be less concerned about losing out on those two draft picks cause I'm not overly convinced on either that's just personal opinion they could be hits don't get me wrong and then it'd be really costly but I think it's it's really highlighted the wasted money on Daniel Jones on one year of average
2: uh, yeah, it was a curious off season, uh, giving Daniel Jones that money, and bringing Saquon back on the franchise. Although I think he didn't actually play on the franchise. Now that I think about it, I think no, he got he, the upgraded deal. He was signed. Yeah, um, and yeah. I know they traded for Waller rather than sign him, but like, you know, he's getting more advanced in age. It's it's a it's a really a wasted year. Um and hmm. looked at the giants the organization where they were all, they were in a tough space or a tough spot in what they were going to do a quarterback um but i think even at the time not too many people thought it was the right thing to do to give daniel jones that contract after what was essentially like one good year his other years were maybe so-so to okay to fine
1: it was one year where he limited turnovers it wasn't like, that, that's all it was pretty much he was still I still view him as pretty much the same just less less prone to an error and they paid him crazy money. Mm. but look um, that concludes Fortin goal let's ramp through the week 16 previews I'm not gonna as per as per norm I won't be giving you the point spreads we we there's a man here who loves a good point spread, but it ain't me. Um, first fixture for your for your Christmas weekend. It's nice and spread out. It's gonna be fantastic. You don't really have to talk to your family, if you're being honest with yourself, and you acknowledge you don't actually like them. Uh, Thursday night football. Saints make the trip to that side we've discussed. Uh, across numerous points this this episode, the Rams. Two 7-7 seven seven sides. I am going to lean Rams
2: in this. Um, like you said, I love a good point spread. The Rams are four-point favorites. I'll probably take the Rams here. Yep. Fair. Uh, the next game, and we'll fl- I think we'll fly through these. Um, mm.
1: There's a few interesting ones at the end. which We might spend a bit more time yeah.
2: on. Um, the Bengals at the Steelers... The Bengals are two-point row favorites. Jake Browning looking pretty good. What decent? Um, had that nice mm-hmm. moment at the end of his win over Minnesota. Um, that's what you get for effing and jeffing cutting me, but fair play to him. I'll take the Bengals here. Um, no, I'm going to take the Steelers. Sorry, actually, yeah, I'll, I'll take the Steelers
1: here. Yeah. Like Tomlin's going to protect that 500 record. He's not going to let. He's not going to fall. Can't. Um, next up, the Bills in hot rain of form against the what the hell are they Chargers, who'll have a new coach interim. Um, this game is obviously it's the second game on Saturday this weekend, so it's one o'clock on Sunday, the 24th, so Christmas Eve. The only danger here for the Bills is a bit of a dead cat bounce after getting rid of staley um so yeah. i i'm still gonna go builds but it's, 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 it's an area to be concerned about with builds player. yeah uh,
2: builds are 11 point road favorites um i'm not concerned about the dead cat bounce here if justin herbert was playing maybe but um maybe, maybe. i i just don't see it happening here so i'm gonna take the bills Fairly confidently. Probably would take them at that spread as well. Okay. Um. Next game is the Indianapolis Colts visiting the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are one-point favorites. I just think that the Atlanta Falcons are, are a disaster. No confidence in the coaching and staff and I have very much a lot of confidence in Shane Steichen. Um, he should be number two in the coach of the year rankings for me.
1: Um, so
2: I'll probably take the Colts plus one point.
1: Fair. I'll, uh, I'll I'll back you on that too. It's also 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Perfect time to Beautiful. sneak away from the yep. Uh Next up is, again, it's a trash side from the NFC South. It is the Packers 6-8 against the 2-12 Panthers. The loss on the weekend was kind of disastrous for the Packers, but they've plenty to play for. Playoff position outside. They still want to kind of push Love and develop him for next season. So I'm back in the Packers, 6-8. Um, yeah, they'll, they'll overcome the Panthers.
2: Um, Yeah, five-point favourites on the road, but uh, yeah, i they have any faith in the Panthers there. Uh, the next game is the Browns at the Texans. At the start of the season, this could have been juicy. Deshaun Watson playing his his old team, and CJ Stroud trying to to show him that he's the upgrade. Unfortunately, both quarterbacks are injured. So uh,
1: Texans two and a half. The only thing though is is CJ Stroud's concussion protocol. So there's a chance, is a high probability he could play.
2: Okay, but even still, I think. Deshaun Watson playing would have been the juicier, you know, court uh player in this matchup. Um but of course I think the Texans will be out to, to prove a point there. Probably will take the Texans minus two and a half here. Particularly if CJ is playing. Obviously, um I might flip if, if he isn't.
1: Yeah. Cool. Um I think it's a yeah, I think it's a tough spot for the Texans though. Um, just against that defense yeah look I'm going to go Texans because uh, I have currently CJ Stroud is starting quarterback in fantasy football playoffs and I, oof I kind of need a big performance from so some I'm manifesting it yeah Texans for me two points uh, then we've got a divisional matchup between the Lions and Vikings not only a divisional matchup but it very well could be a playoff fixture as discussed I know it's in Minnesota, but I'm still going to back up the Lions, um, just given the quarterback kind of issues are present in mini, and yes, I'm going to back the Lions.
2: Yeah, Lions are three-point road favorites, probably, in my opinion, should be a little bit wider, so I'll take the Lions there. Uh, next game is the Commanders against the Jets. Jets are three-point favorites. Two poor teams. Two poor, poor, poor teams. Um, I think the Washington Commanders probably did most of their winning in the offseason when they the Dan Snyder sold the team. So I think that's what they'll be holding their hats going into next season. Um, so in this game, I'll probably take
1: the Commanders. a stretch yeah yeah unless we get uh, Aaron coming down oh god I hope Uh, not in which case I'll still pick the commanders Um, next up Seahawks Titans big result for the Seahawks uh, overcoming the Eagles Uh, and the Titans although I like a lot about what they're doing at the minute and I do actually like Will Levis I'm going to back the Seahawks in this one just to keep the momentum going and chase for that playoff position um, yeah I think uh,
2: Seahawks are two and a half point favorites I will probably back them here I don't think they were overly impressive last night Um particularly we're not sure if Geno Smith is going to be back yeah um so I'll probably just take the Seahawks there um the next game is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are one point favorites. Um I think there's in, is Trevor Lawrence injured or not slated to start. using
1: Concussion protocols as well. There you
2: go. Um and not only that I'm a little bit convinced, like the books, to be one point favorite there. It's it's kind of almost like a an overcorrection on Baker Mayfield's perfect passer rating day. Um,
1: it's a combination of two things. the The Jags were brutal against the. Raiders.
2: Yes, yes, exactly. As well, that's the other side of that coin. I'll probably take the Jags here. I'm not trying to discredit the Buccaneers. I think they have been a tiny bit underrated throughout the season, but I. We'll probably just go with the, the Jags here.
1: Fair. Uh, not going to spend a whole amount of time here. Um, Cardinals make the trip to Shytown to Keith's beloved Bears. And I'm going to back the the Bears in this one. Uh, they very much blew that game against the Browns, being brutally honest. So I think they'll a win. Arizona in flashes looked decent against the 49ers, but ultimately show what they are. I'm going to back the, the Bears here in a cold Chicago on Christmas Eve to give the Cardinals some cold.
2: Yeah, nice. Um, not much more to add there. Uh, yeah, I think I'll go with the Bears here. I think Kyler Murray got a big Allen knock during the ga- that their, their game at San Fran, so that might linger. And as you say, it's colder in Chicago, so they, they'd they have the... Uh, it's no desert, so I'll, I'll take Chicago yeah. there as well. Uh, the next game is the final game of the late slate there. It's the Cowboys against the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are one-and-a-half-point favorites. Um, I can't remember who was commentating the Cowboys game there last last weekend but when the opposing offense to the cowboys defense uses motion their their defensive metrics go way down and i think the dolphins are top of the league in motion um so i think i like the dolphins here to make their big statement win against a you know their winning team
1: fair yeah i'm 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 Dolphins I actually
2: beat. think as well if the um, Eagles had beaten the Seahawks, the do- the Cowboys would feel the pressure of racing for that division. Where I still, I actually think that works against them now. The their back isn't mm. up against the wall as much.
1: Um, yeah, well, they'd be embarrassed though coming off that loss to the Bills. I think so. Well, probably um, fair. Um, Sunday night football. Uh, not gonna insult anyone's intelligence here. Patriots against the Broncos. It is quarter past one Christmas morning. Uh I think you have an excuse to, to sleep on and get up with the kids in the morning and open some presents. Broncos got a back against the Patriots. back Yeah. Six
2: and a half point favorites. Yep, I'll take that. Uh, the next game is the Raiders versus the Chiefs at six o'clock on Sun on Christmas Day. Um Chiefs are ten point favorites. Then they've not been the same team as we I've seen from previous years. I might take the Raiders plus 10 points here. Um, just with the Chiefs not being themselves and the Raiders... Probably playing just a little bit feistier over the last month.
1: Yeah. I concur. Thank um, you. Moving on, obviously, the... Christmas Day, Eagles-Giants fixture. Uh, I'd like to sit here and say I predict a bounce back victory. I don't. I predict a victory, but I think it could be a squeaky enough one. Uh, I think we played the Giants maybe two seasons ago, three seasons ago. Uh, it was in that Carson Wentz run down the stretch. Uh, and we had some big plays, namely by Boston Scott. So. Yeah. I' be surprised to see his name on the score sheet. Um, I think twenty seventeen Eagles victory is what this reads like to me. Uh, and or me being nervous the whole way through, but fortunately for everyone in the area, full to the gills with, with food. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm sitting. i that less optimistic with this fixture than I was maybe. And uh, looking forward to Christmas maybe. Yeah.
2: There. Um. Yeah, I'm like, as a big fan of the Eagles, it's hard to have a huge amount of confidence in them after the last three weeks. But the books think otherwise the Eagles are 11.5 point favorites over the Giants, which I think is too generous. Like, I'm not calling the Giants a good team, but something's wrong. I actually hope we don't see a huge amount of Boston Scott, because to me, that's the Eagles coaching staff, you know, succumbing to the meme. And not doing what they need to do to actually win the game. Uh, I hope there's no over reliance on him. But I'll take the Eagles to win, but as as you said yourself, the the Giants plus the points. Mm. And the final game, this is on we all see. Yep. This is on Boxing Day, and uh, they saved the best to last. Well I, it's early morning on Saint Stephen's Day. Uh, I might get excommunicated from the community in Africa for calling a Boxing Day. I don't know why you I don't ready? know why that happened. <laughs> Um, just trying to appeal maybe to a larger audience um, but the Baltimore Ravens at the San Francisco 49ers 49ers 5.5 point favourites yeah I. until I see something I can't don't have any reason to go against the
1: 49ers mm. stylistically this is this is a far more interesting match than it's getting credit for. Obviously it's 2-11 and 3 teams. I don't know why it's not getting the, the crowd noise. I think there's a number of fascinating storylines. After this weekend is gone, you're probably looking at two MVP top front runners in Purdy and Lamar Jackson.
2: Yep. Well, this might, um, this might end one of their playoff chances, yeah. Or uh, MVP chances, so, I should say.
1: Yeah. And I think stylistically, the Ravens are a match for the 49ers but what I would say that if if the 49ers win they're the clean cut Super Bowl favourites if the Ravens win I still don't think they're the clear cut Super Bowl favourites if that makes sense Yeah. Um, it's very interesting I, I'm gonna cantankerously say I think the Ravens take this one
2: jeez you are quite the curmudgeon uh, no, I'm gonna gonna stick with the 49ers here
1: which is fair it's good to disagree but call me shots Um, yeah and look that's the week 16 preview wow but look thanks for listening apologies we weren't with you last week apologies we were delayed this week but it's silly season as well as look for your personal lives so that's all from and me. that's all from me Thank you and guten Tag!
0: Exactly right. I mean, Get there's nobody there. inside the 10. Get back,
2: guys. Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown
1: takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings
2: out of the playoffs!